Welcome to The Room, where we talk about the hard parts of leadership that every great leader goes through, but no one wants to talk about. I'm Jenny Dufresne, host of The Room podcast and CEO of Leaders Transform, a business growth training firm. I am a global leader, former United States Marine, international best-selling author, community, and business leader. The Room is your safe space. We'll talk about the things that are difficult for leaders, the tough stuff that leaders aren't willing to be vulnerable about, but we really need to. So come on in, close the door, join me in the room. I know leaders and I know leadership. It was a quiet Wednesday morning. I'd gotten into my building super early so that I could collect my thoughts and organize my day. So I remember sitting in my office, the building was quiet. I could hear the hum of the air conditioning unit. But other than that, everything was quiet. And then I heard a squeak, squeak, squeak of footprints walking down the polished hallways. A knock on my door. And the door swung open. Hey, Mr. Dufresne, can I come in? I looked up to see one of my wonderful employees had peeked his head through my door. Sure, come on in. He walked in, and as he walked in across the floor to sit in the chair in front of my desk, I noticed that he wasn't quite as bubbly as he normally would be. Hey, so Mr. Johnson, not his real name. Hey, how you doing? He kind of looked at me, and he paused. I'm not doing very good, Ms. Dufresne. So, as a leader... A bunch of things flashed through my head. Maybe, you know, he's having difficulty in his work. Maybe he's, you know, who knows? Something. But I was just thinking of, you know, the usual things that might be creating trouble for a young employee. And he looked at me. And I could feel attention come across his face. And he said to me, I just found out that I'm HIV positive. I swear time froze. I didn't know what to do. Here we have that hierarchy of boss and employee. The things that ran through my mind were, what do I say? What do I do? Tears started to stream down his face. I know I had been trained to not show emotion. For those of you who've been following this, I'm a former United States Marine. And when I went through the Marine Corps, as leaders, we did not show emotion. And really, that style and form of model of leadership has been pervasive through our professional culture um, in general, in the, especially in the United States. But what do I say? I froze my facial reactions, because I was pretty mortified, to be frank. Not so much that he was HIV positive. That was mortifying for so many reasons. But just that this young employee was no longer an employee, but he was a young man coming to sit with someone who was his boss, but no longer his boss. But he sat and confided 
one of the most devastating things that someone could confide in another person. I shoved my fears, my concerns, my training, I shoved it aside and I stood up and I walked across the room and I just gathered him and hugged him. I'm so sorry. It was the only words I could think of to say. I'm so sorry. And as I embraced him, his body started to just vibrate in sobbing. Sobbing was the only thing that I could hear. Finally, I took a step back and gave him some tissue and he sat down and I sat down and the things that went through my head were, did I just cross a line as a leader? Was I supposed to do that? Should I have just kept a good professional distance? He then looked at me and said, Ms. Dufresne, I just found out this morning you're the first person that I've told this news to. The weight of that news, the weight of that information literally shook me. Here I am, an employer, a boss, a leader, all of these titles that have had for me and maybe for you as well. There's certain ways we're supposed to behave as leaders. There's certain things that people aren't supposed to bring to us. And I'm a pretty reserved person. So a lot of things like this would not generally come to me. But when he said, Mr. Frank, you're the first person I'm telling this to, I grasped the enormity of my role as a leader, but also my role as a woman, my role as someone to empathize. But also I was realizing that he had come in this moment because he also needed support. He needed some guidance, at least those are the things that I thought of in that moment. But needless to say, it was an enormous, an enormous, I don't want to just say weight, but it was an enormous impact to realize that as leaders, nobody teaches us or trains us or sometimes don't even have conversations about these things that are kind of anomalies, if you will, things that are outside of the norm of what we've been trained to believe happens with leaders. Leaders sort of remain stoic and removed from people. Now, I'm telling you this story, geez, probably 20 years later, 15 years later. So I've had a lot of time to reflect on, you know, what leaders need to do. Um, you know, how leaders need to be cautious and careful, however. Uh, of, of maintaining a professional connection, an empathetic connection, and also maintaining a professional presence so that your behaviors or your actions aren't misconstrued. And I know that there's a lot of challenge around this, right? Because many of us will find, especially if we have younger employees, we'll find that we will, we will be the first to know about certain kinds of catastrophic life events. And so I asked the question and would like you to reflect on this particular story. What would you have done if you were sitting in your office and 
one of your employees knocked on the door and walked in and shared with you life-altering news. Not like a death in the family. I think that's something that we're more accustomed to hearing. A death of a family member, a death of a friend. I feel like we're more equipped to be able to navigate that. But not something like, I'm HIV positive. That, I was not prepared for that. And I don't know about you, maybe, maybe this is something you've dealt with before. But it really occurs to me now, what's our responsibility to our team members, to our staff members, when someone shares something that is really outside of, I don't want to say it's outside of the norm of what we typically experience or know how to embrace? What is our responsibility? As leaders, how are we supposed to show up? Do we show up detached? Do we show up empathetic, leaning in? Do we cross boundaries? You know, because there are all those weird boundaries that we have set up in leadership. And I say they're weird, but they're also there for for a reason, right? There are boundaries between the role of the leader and the role of the employee. Um, I know in the Marine Corps, we were um, taught significantly about uh, the challenges of fraternization. So that would be, you know, someone who's of a senior rank um, having any type of relationship or intimate, more intimate contact with someone who was junior or vice versa. It's frowned upon and you can be discharged from the military. You can be court-martialed and sent off to jail or the brig, as we would say. And so I had that training, like that was my solid training, which is to maintain a professional distance, to not get involved, to all of these things. But in that moment, the young person sitting across from me was, was, was my employee, but he was also a human being who was suffering. And what I realized is that I had to, I had to meet him. I had to humanize myself, Um, and that might sound kind of weird, but I really had to humanize myself to be able to step outside of my role. I was also cognizant of maintaining this sort of boundary. When I was hugging him, I I remember, you know, that there's there was still a professional hug, if you (laughs) if if there is such a thing, and there is actually such a thing, Um, but still maintaining that that formality, but still walking, still extending myself with deep empathy at the most vulnerable moment in this particular person's life. So the room is all about talking about these things that we don't get opportunities to talk about outside of, um, sometimes outside of our work, sometimes we don't talk about them at all. Having an employee come to you, and I think again, you know, as I reflect on it today, um, I clearly had a level of, he, he had a level of confidence in, in me. He had a level of trust in me. He had, a, he had a sense of, he had somehow a sense of stability in, in me and in telling me this. I am assuming he may have also had a sense of non-judgment. Um, but I think, again, it's important for us as leaders to think about 
how would we respond in a situation like this? Was it easier for me to respond in the way that I did because I was a woman? You know, so if you're a male leader, if you put yourself in my shoes and you're a man and you have a, another young, you know, a young man come in and say, you know, you know, Mr. Mr. Green, I'm, I'm HIV positive. Like, would that have gone the same way? Or if you are a man, how would you have responded to that? Would you have stayed behind your desk? Um, would you have stood up? Would you have shaken, it, shaken his hand? Like, what, what would have been your response? And these are things I think to, that are important to reflect on. Because anymore, what I've learned through the pandemic is that the lines of separation and the lines, the distinct lines of our roles have really been muted, have been, have maybe gone from being more black and white to shades of gray, some denser and darker gray and some lighter gray. And that's because so many people had so many traumatic impacts from mothers who had to, you know, pivot and turn and become primary caregivers or fathers who had to, you know, pivot and become the homeschool parent or both parents having to do that or an entire family becoming very ill and having to also convey that to one's employer. So in a lot of ways, it's important to think about how do you want to be, how do you want to respond? How would you respond? If you played a scenario like this through your head, how would you respond? I think as I, as I look back on it, um, in that moment and in that day, for that, for that moment, I think that my response was appropriate. Um, after he collected himself, he then went on to explain to me how he contracted HIV. And it was devastating, frankly. Um, he was in a monogamous relationship, a relationship that he thought was monogamous, but his partner was not monogamous. And, and so you have the, for him, he had both the devastation of the, you know, at that time, really uh, a life-altering illness. I know medications are much better, but at that time, a life-altering illness, he was in an environment in which we would then have to take significant extra protections um, to keep both him safe and others around him safe. So there were some added things that we had to start to do as, uh, as a team, or at least that I had communication with him that needed to be done. Because obviously this wasn't information that I could share with anybody. Uh, but, I, but I think it's important to, um, to look at the um, totality, again, of this human being. So after he took some time and kind of shared the story, I then went back into my kind of linear problem-solving mode and began to ask him a series of questions around his health care. What, because it was critical that he get proper health care to, um, to help with his diagnosis. It, would, it was important to get mental health care as well. Um, and again, these are the kinds of things that, you know, you know, if you're in a government agency, sometimes these are things you can't talk to your employees about when they bring this kind of information to you. Um, in the situation that we were in, um, I listened to, you know, and asked questions about what supports did he have 
I was clear that we would not be able as an organization to respond to a lot of those supports other than having proper and appropriate health care. But I then listened and then gave him uh, some recommendations for resources that he could take, um, take part in, that he could participate in. Uh, listened through, you know, listened through that, listened through what was, what his experience was. And our interaction probably lasted 45 minutes. And, you know, he, I think he felt a sense of relief, maybe, or release uh, to be able to, to figure out and know at least what it, some of his next steps would be to get his health, uh, health care uh, taken care of. Um, but I, again, I think that, you know, for any of, any of us, there are, there are things that our, our employees or even our peers, our leader peers may tell us that are absolutely, we're absolutely unprepared for. I was not prepared for someone to come in and tell me I'm HIV positive and you're the first person I'm telling. Um, and you know, what, what would be my response? And why would I respond a particular way? So I hope this is uh, some food for thought. I'd love to hear from you if you've had an experience like this. What was your, you know, what, what, what went through your mind? For me, literally everything just froze. Even I had to like keep a straight, you know, kind of a, a non-emotional face when he initially told me because I was, I was devastated for him knowing the impact of HIV, and at that time, the impact of HIV uh, in the African-American community and the lack of, you know, positive health care choices, a bunch of stuff. Uh, so, you know, what would you do? What would be the thing that you would be least prepared for as an employer or as a leader? And how would you, how would you think through it? Would you maintain your role? And the separation, would you step across that, that boundary or threshold for different people and different types of roles? You may, you know, you could, you could never have an experience like this. If you're in a really buttoned down corporate environment, you may never have an experience like this. Or you could be in a very buttoned down corporate environment and something like this absolutely shatter the boundaries uh, that are set up. So something to think about. What is my responsibility as a leader when an employee shares something with me that is devastating, life-altering, and that I don't really have the, I don't, I've never had the, the opportunity to develop a response? Um, what are we supposed to do as leaders? How do we lead in situations like this? Um, do we lead with empathy, vulnerability? Do we, do we moralize? <laughs> do we condemn? Um, it's important to think about that uh, as, we, as we move forward. Hey, it's Jenny. Thank you so much for joining me in this week's episode of The Room, a safe place where leaders come together to talk about the things that we don't often share out loud. If you enjoyed your time in The Room, please like or subscribe on your favorite platform and leave a review. And if you want to learn more about our important work with leaders, head over to the website, leaderstransform.com and continue to be connected to our community. Thank you again for listening and make sure you invite someone to next week's episode of The Room.